Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Well, we're continuing our More Than This series. Uh, and um, So turn with me, will you, to Luke chapter 6. I started this um, message, I started this series, More Than This, from Luke chapter 6. Um, and I spoke about... Um, how Jesus came to break the rules. We spoke about when he said things uh, like, uh, lend, but do not expect it to come back to you. I remember Neil asking for my Land Rover. And, uh, <laughs> and I still don't have it, do you? I'm struggling with this scripture. And uh, so, <laughs> I preached it, but I didn't believe it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so, um, we, we spoke about how Jesus came and he came to break the rules so that we can live in a world where there's more than this. The world that we live in is the world that we have possessed. If we want to possess a bigger world, we have to change the way we live to possess that world. Um, you, if you keep doing the same thing, you will always get the same results. We're always praying for more, but we don't want to pay the price for more. Well, turn with me, will you, to Luke chapter 6 and verse 43. It says this, A good tree can't produce uh, bad fruit. I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation, guys, at the back there. Sorry, I didn't tell you that. Luke 6, 43. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Fig trees are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are never never picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. You know, I want to speak this morning about the treasury that exists within our heart. All of us live with a treasury. We live with the things which we consider important and we store deep within our heart. When I was a child growing up, my mum and dad um, had, a, um, had a money box that was the treasury that belonged to the house. And they, they kept this. It was a long blue um, tin money box with six slots in it, each with a different title. I can't remember what they were, but one of them would have been like housekeeping, uh, utilities. Um, one of them would have been... Um, Sort of, sort of food, clothing, miscellaneous, sort of gifts, all those kind of things. It had all these different names, and and as in those days, there was there wasn't any such thing as a as a credit card. Um, it was cash or checks, and uh, checks were only ever used to pay off accounts. Uh, there was no check guarantee card, uh, and so pretty much everything was cash. And, and Dad would do work, and he'd be paid in cash, and he would and he would come into the house, and the mo- the first thing my parents would do is they would put money in the money box. And that was their treasury. And so the money went into the money box. It, it, I remember it used to sit in the sideboard uh, in, the, uh, in the, the, what we called the living room, which was really just like a dining room. Uh, and it, it sat in the sideboard uh, and, and they would open the drawer. And I remember as a child just sort of opening the drawer and looking at this mysterious box with these, with these names written on them and the money going in. And, and just look, see, see, this was my parents' financial treasury 
from the money box our lives were lived. What they put into it determined what we could get out of it. What was put into the treasury determined not just what we had in the treasury, but determined what we could do afterwards. In other words, our whole lives were lived out of the treasury. You see, you see what you put into your heart, what you store into your heart, not only becomes the thoughts and the, the attitudes of your heart, but it also determines what becomes of your life thereafter. You can only live your life from what is stored from within you. And so Jesus says that whatever you put into your heart, what you store in your heart, that is your treasure. These are the things which you consider important. And as I was growing up, there were so many things that we considered important. I remember my, um, my older sister taking me shoe shopping. Um, shoes, or all kinds of clothing, were considered um, uh, a, a rare event. We, um, we didn't just have second-hand clothes, we had third and fourth-hand. In fact, we had no idea how many people had worn the clothes before they got to us. They, didn't, they weren't just shared amongst my um, brothers and sisters. <laughs> they, they were shared amongst all of the children in the neighborhood. And uh, they just did the rounds, and eventually, if they weren't worn out, and even if they were, they were just sewn back together and, and worn again. And uh, I remember them sort of going around, and I, eventually, I would, being the youngest, it would eventually fall on me to sort of wear them. And, and, but occasionally, well, I had to have something new. And I remember my sister taking me shoe shopping, uh, and um, my dad had given her some money from the treasury, and uh, taken, she'd taken me shoe shopping, and, um, and then brought me home, and I remember my dad um, walking across the yard, we had this big yard at the back of the house, uh, where his workshops and everything were. And I remember getting, um, walking across the yard and my dad said, so how much did you spend? Um, and my sister said, five pounds. You should have seen my dad's face. His eyes nearly popped out their sockets. He went, five pounds? You can just see. He sort of do these sort of mental calculations going on. You know, how are we going to feed the family? <laughs> We've just put shoes on the youngest boy and now we're all going to starve. Five pounds? <laughs> Do you know, it's, it's, it's quite amazing, really, because you can still buy shoes for five pounds and, uh, some years later. And, and, you know, the amazing, it is amazing how the treasury, that which you have, which, that which you store, you put into your life, that determines not just what you can do, but the quality. It determines how you can live. And, you know, my parents, they, they had this treasury. But, and you know, the amazing thing is even in our poverty, even in the, they, my parents had a deeper treasury and that was the treasury of their heart, their values, the things which they believed, the things which they considered important. And so they had a financial treasury, but they had values which determined what the money was going to do. You know, we've often talked about, people talking about money, money that, is a, is a bad thing. Well, money isn't a bad thing. Money is an inanimate object. <laughs> and money will only ever do what the person wants it to do. <laughs> if you give money to a bad person, that money is going to do bad things. <laughs> if you give it to a good person, then it's going to do good things. And so it, it, money isn't anything. It's just a reflection of what is in the heart. Actually, a person who becomes wealthy just becomes more capable of doing what they have, what they have in their heart. 
they just become more empowered. And so if they, if they, are, if they, if they have a broken heart, then they will bring forth more brokenness because they have the power to do it. And uh, so, but in my parents, um, they didn't have a lot of wealth, but they had um, determination to do and live certain things. And so one of the things that they determined that regardless of how much we didn't have, we would always go to bed at night with fruit. We would have like an apple or an orange. Or, and, so, and dad would, um, he would go to the cash and carry and he would, he would buy um, like a big box of apples and he would store them. I remember he would store them in, um, uh, in the, the hallway. Uh, that we had this huge sort of wooden, old wooden front door and it was rarely used because the front door sort of came out onto a main road and so no one ever really used the front door and so it was dark and it was cool and so the, the fruit was always stored by the front door and, and so I rem- always remember going there as a child last thing at night before we went to bed uh, we would sort of go and we would rustle around in, in, the, in the box and, and pick out an apple and, uh, and take that to bed. That was one of the things that my parents always determined. It doesn't matter what we what we can't have, from the treasury of their heart, they determined as children we would always go to bed with fruit. Because that's what they determined that our lives would be. They determined from their heart that we would always go to bed with fruit. One of the, the other treasuries that they had within the heart was we would always have a holiday. I'm, I was always amazed that Cheryl and I, you know that Cheryl and I, we place a lot of values on holidays as a, as a family. I, some people, they don't place that value on holidays and so they would place those values on other things and so people make that choice when we were children growing up we always had a holiday we were broke but we had a holiday because it was a tra- it was a treasure that sat within my parents heart they determined even if they didn't have dad wouldn't be he would have bills he couldn't afford to pay but every summer he would gather just enough cash together i remember one year saying he said oh you know we don't know whether we're going away this year and they always said that and uh, <laughs> and uh, but we had a big tent and we had a big transit van. There was eight of us in the family. And they would, they would load up the transit van with this huge great tent. They would, um, would take a chest of drawers full of furniture <laughs> and two dogs. And, and uh, we just load up the transit van. And um, the, the, the back of the transit van, it wasn't like a minibus or anything. It was just it was a commercial transit van. And it had uh, a seat for the driver and then benches, wooden loose benches that would rock to and forth for everyone else. And, uh, and we would just sort of load in. And I remember one year, Dad just going, oh, he got paid for a job. He had 200 pounds in cash. And that was the holiday. And so we were away. I don't know what he wasn't paying for when we got back. <laughs> but he had money. And within him, he had a value value that was in the treasury of his heart and in the treasury of his heart was the determination that as a family once a year we would have two weeks where we would just spend time together that was the treasury of his heart and that treasury even in his heart laid a foundation for us as kids that we would always spend time together as a family one of the other treasuries they had within the heart as as um as we were growing up was that uh uh, Mum and Dad, they were madly in love with each other. And um, it was a very... Uh, they didn't uh, 
They didn't hide their affection. They were, they were just very affectionate. As kids, we just grew up in a household. Mum would be cooking and, and dad would constantly interrupt her with a kiss and a cuddle. Mum would feign shock and embarrassment and, uh, <laughs> and a knowing smile. And we'd, oh, dad, here we go, you know. <laughs> and there, there, there she'd be, um, they'll be stuck against the cooker and they're, they're embraced and that was it. We would just leave. <laughs> and... Uh, and that was mum and dad. That was, uh, that, was, that was the treasure which they had within the heart. But that treasure not only determined the quality of their marriage, but it determined the, the character and the attitude of our hearts. So that shaped my value, my attitude, shaped my romantic um, mindset. Cheryl gets stuck by the cooker often. <laughs> I learned from my dad. I can't help it. <laughs> when you've got a spoon in your hand, you've got to keep staring. They've got nowhere to go, right, guys? <laughs> Hands are free and away we go. <laughs> There's nothing like a cheeky kiss and a cuddle <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> Moving on. So the treasury sits within your heart. What you place within your heart determines the quality of your life. And not only determines the quality of your life, it determines what you're going to live in. And not only what you're going to live in, but what the, everyone else in your circle of influence is going to live in too. And so Jesus says, let me just read it to you again. Jesus says this, he says, a good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never, never, never gathered from thorn bushes and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you sow, what you say flows from what is in your heart. And so Jesus is saying this. He's saying whatever you store in your heart determines the tree that you are. Whatever you store in your heart determines the tree that you are. Now, he's laying out a picture, but there's a complexity to what we are. We know that we have this dual personality. We know that we can store things in our heart which are not good. We know that we are prone to storing things which are not, not good within our heart. And Jesus is saying, look, you can, you can store one or the other, but if you store bad things, it will have a predominance over your life and determine the fruit that you produce in your life. It determines what goes on in your life. It says in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 17, it says this. It says, listen to the words of the wise. Apply your heart to my instruction." For it is good to keep these sayings in your heart and always ready on your lips. You see, what the writer of Proverbs is saying is this. He's saying, he's saying, learn what is good treasure. 
and keep them in your heart. Speak about that treasure so that you learn to love the treasure that has been given to you so that it will reinforce the value of what you've hidden within your heart. How many of you have been touched by a Sunday service? Touched by many Sunday services. I've been in church all my life. I can't tell you how many messages have impacted me, changed me, shifted my thinking. I can't tell you how many worship services where I have just been lost in praise. I can't tell you how many times I've felt the presence of God sweep past me. There are many, many treasures, but I can also tell you there are many times where we we lose those moments because we fail to bring them to remembrance. We fail to speak about those things. In other words, we fail to make sure they're truly deposited within the heart. Rather, we gather them and they seep through our fingers like precious seed that is gathered like this, but we never store it anywhere safe. And so it begins to fall away from us. Ever carried water in your hand? When you put water within your hand, you carry it and you know it's only a moment of time before it's going to be gone. If you don't drink it and take it to your mouth and swallow it, whatever you've got in a few moments will only just be a small puddle and then just wet hands. And then it's nothing. You see, what happens in church and what happens when we spend time together is we can hear great things, we can spend time with great people, but the treasure of that beautiful feeling, that, that like, the, like fresh water flowing out of your hands, that, that wonderful feeling of just like, and, and not having deposited it, it quickly goes from us. How many times do we get home and go, that was an amazing service. What, 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 did, we, what did the preacher speak? Oh, I can't remember, but it was amazing. <laughs> I say that and I got home and I preached it. <laughs> it's amazing because what we do is we fail to bring it to remembrance. We fail to sow it deep within our heart. And because we fail to sow it, we fail to put in place the very essence of what was important. And so it no longer became a treasure. We valued it, but we didn't value it enough to sow it in our, into our heart. This is the fact We sow certain things in our heart without thinking. We value lots of things. We appreciate lots of things. But we don't always live in them. How many of you look on Facebook and you might see certain pages? I I follow quite a number of different pages on Facebook. One of them is Land Rover Owners. I follow Land Rover and I look at all the, mostly all Defenders, because the Defender is the real Land Rover and the rest of us are just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a man's Land Rover, the rest of us are just not quite. And so, so I look at Land Rover, I look at these beautiful, and I go, oh, that's just so amazing. I probably wouldn't buy one because, you know, you drive one of those things, it'll put your spine out. And uh, they just, <laughs> I mean, you need to be a, a man to drive one. You need to be a man just to change the gear of one of those things. They're, they're, they're tough machines. And uh, so I, I, also, I also follow log cabins. <laughs> and you get pictures every day of a, another log cabin. And you look at it and go, oh, that looks so nice. <laughs> and <laughs> there are, I, I follow Aston Martin as well, just as sort of a flip side of Land Rover. I look at the Aston Martin and go, Oh, 
oh, I like that car. And uh, I follow just all these different things. I, I should follow more godly things, I know, but I can't help it. I, uh, I follow these pictures, and I see these beautiful pictures, and I appreciate them, but I don't, I'm not going to go and get myself a log cabin or an Aston Martin or a Land Rover Defender. I'm, I'm not going to get those things because they're not that important to me, even though I like them. Do you know, this is the issue. There are many things we like. We come to church and we like them, but we don't sow them into our heart. We don't make them a part of our life because we don't make them our treasure. But what we do make our treasure are the things that is constantly holding us back and we're not living in the more that God has for us. The more is found in the treasure that we find in Christ. And so we have to place it as a treasure. If we place hurt, negativity, anger, frustration, offence, you know, what I always find astonishing, and I know it's, it's a favourite subject of mine, I haven't spoken it for a few weeks now, but what we watch on television often shapes our thinking. It shapes our, uh, it shapes our attitudes. And, and we, we watch, I mean, I don't know, I, do, I hate, I detest with an absolute passion. I believe it is the most wicked, most ungodly thing in the whole world. Soap. Not soap. <laughs> TV soaps. EastEnders. Coronation Street. Emmerdale. They are just like... I know a lot of people are looking and going, they're all feeling... I like them. <laughs> they typify the most dysfunctional the most useless, the most stupid thinking upon the planet. (laughs) And they put it forward as the most normal lifestyle that you could ever lead. And they put those attitudes and we put them through our mind constantly. I remember back in the... Who remembers when Neighbours was the program to watch? I remember watching Neighbours. We would watch it every lunchtime. I would watch uh, Neighbours in between work. I would sit down at home. I worked from my parents' house and I would sit down at lunchtime. Dad would, would cook the dinner um, it would, and it was almost always the same. Roast chicken, mashed potato, carrots and cabbage. And we would sit down and we would eat this dinner and watch Neighbours. And each week, each day, we'd, oh, what's going to happen to Kylie this week? <laughs> uh, <laughs> And Jason, it was, <laughs> I mean, it's the time of the big hair and the shoulder pads and the, and what was going to happen? And we will, and it 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 shapes your thinking. In other words, we're we're taking the things of this world and we're allowing this dysfunctional thinking to shape our thinking, and we're making that our treasure, and not the things which come from God. And so we begin to sow into our heart. And the thing is, this we do it automatically we sow it automatically for instance when you go food shopping I guarantee that for the most part every week or every couple of weeks whenever you do your shopping you will buy pretty much the same food and from that same food you will have a limited supply and you will have this kind of knowledge you know what you can cook with those foods if you have this you, you, you go from the shop and and you just pick a bit of this and a bit of that and, and you'll have this limit and from that you have a set a number of different meals that you can cook. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? And so that is, that is what we do, isn't it? And so we have this limited number. We always cook. Now, when we have friends around, we might go out and, and oh, we'll cook something different. 
And when we cook something different, we're walking around, we've got to find those special recipes that we don't normally have. We don't keep them in the house because we're going to be cooking. And you're walking in. And when I do the shopping and I go, Cheryl's giving me a list of things I have to buy, I'm just looking at it and going, flip, we've got to buy that. We're only buying it for, for that one person and then it's going to sit in the cupboard for the rest of them. <laughs> I mean, I'm spending like £100 on a whole meal just because I need all of these ingredients, which won't ever be used again. And uh, so you, you, you have these ingredients which you buy and sometimes you vary it up a little bit but pretty much you always buy the same thing and this is the thing if you ever had to change the food that you eat you'd be lost because you wouldn't know what to cook sometimes I go around the shop I just like to change it I'd like to buy something else but I don't know what to buy because I wouldn't know what to cook from it so it's much easier to just go back what you always have and so within our house we would always have the same food back in 2012 I did a Daniel fast for 90 days. And in those 90 days, I went on a discovery of what was healthy and what was good and what I could eat and what I, what I couldn't eat. And in that time, I began to change the foods that I was eating. And when I was changed the foods I ate, I had to buy different food. I started buying fish. You know, we would always have a bit of fish, but normally it was covered in batter. And uh, so, <laughs> but now we were buying fresh fish. We never bought fresh fish before, but I discovered that fresh fish, particularly if you go lasting at night, is actually cheaper than pretty much anything else. And you can get a decent piece of fish, take it home and eat it, and it's really healthy. And it's cheaper too. And so you, you're going like this and you're looking at all these different foods, but it's like, but what do I cook? How do I do? What am I going to do with it? If I've got what I'm always used to, then I know what I can do. But if I'm changing what I'm putting into my heart, I don't know how to respond. I don't know how to live. So you have to retrain your life. And because we don't, because we get used to the automatic, we get uncomfortable with the new. And so it takes time to begin to sow within our heart. We've got to start to put within our lives. You know, it's amazing how... If you, whatever you keep in the cupboard, that is what is going to determine your life. If you keep within your cupboard, if you have a large stack of pizzas and chips and pies in your freezer, then pretty much that's going to be the food that you eat. <laughs> I like, actually, no, I don't like pizzas anymore. It's not that I don't like pizzas, it's just that they are utterly boring. But you can, it's like, it determines the health of what you have, does it not? It determines what you're going to eat. And when we sow in our lives, we have to begin to begin to sow something new within our heart that we can actually bring forth something that is leading us into a stronger place. Now, some time ago, I was preaching in a church in another country. And um, it was a while back. It was a funny, funny scene. I preached this message... And after the message, I've been asked by the pastor to do a prayer, um, a call for prayer for people to be prayed for. And so I said, you know, if you'd like to come forward. So a lot of people just came forward. There was a long line, room similar size to this, and a long line of people. I'm, I'm coming and I'm praying for them. And, and um, some of the ones that spoke English, they would say, oh, I'd like you to pray for this or pray for that. or you know. And, and it was all relating to the message about the heart just getting right with God and and then I got to this elderly lady, and, and I got to her, and she, she starts speaking. It's, um, she's, I, your message has just spoke to me. It just spoke right into my heart. I know 
that I've got to change. I just love Jesus so much. And, and I'm thinking, oh, this, you know, it's positive, it's good, it's going the right direction here. And I love Jesus so much, but I've just been so hurt. My, my husband, he's just been so awful. And, and, and my kids, they hate me and they've been so bad to me. He's, they've been poisoned by my husband. And, and everyone in the church, they hate me too. I'm thinking, oh, this isn't going well, you know. <laughs> and, uh, I'm thinking, you know, I'm in the prayer line here. There are people either side, you know. It wasn't, they, you know, a lot of people understood English, and so they go. And then she started going. She said, uh, and I hate them. She goes, I hate them. And then she started going, I hate them. And I'm like, oh, calm down. Someone put put a bag on it. But once she was away, you know. Well, once she was away, she was going, and she goes, I hate them! I hate them! Like this, and she's going, veins are popping out of her neck. I'm going, maybe we should just try repenting. And it's quite extraordinary that here she, here she was, having received good seed, but the seed had only just washed over top of her. What was coming out of her was something which she had treasured within her heart. And what she had treasured was her hatred and angry anger for everything that had happened to her without any recognition of what maybe she had done also. And so she had sown it within her heart and she couldn't even come to God without revealing what was truly within her. And so what often happens is that we come to God and we get touched by the message. We get touched by the word that we read. We get touched by the relationship we build with other people and we get touched by it. But what comes out of us is the treasure of what we have sown deep into our hearts over many weeks, over many months and over many years. What we sow into our heart will come out of us. What we begin to treasure within our life. It says this, Colossians chapter 3 verse 14, above all, Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Now this is the crux of where we're coming to. How do you sow good seed within your heart? How do you you believe with great faith? Have you ever been at a point of great turmoil in your life You know you've got to have faith. You just can't find the faith within your heart to have it. Someone comes up and says, Oh, just believe. And you want to just go, "Mm." (laughs) What do you think I've been doing? (laughs) I'm trying to believe, but it's not working right now. Go away. You're not encouraging me. And so you want to believe, but you don't know how to believe. And this is, the, this is what it says. It says in Romans 10.10, 10, it says, For it is by the believing in your heart that you're made right with God, and it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So how do you believe? You believe by speaking out what is true and what is good about God, that you may sow seed within your heart that you may be able to believe 
at point when you need the faith. If you need to have faith, but you haven't sown the seed, there's nothing in there. You go to your heart, but there's nothing there because you, you haven't done the homework beforehand. How do you get the homework? You, how do you get the seed in your heart? You start to say, God, I thank you for what you've given me. I thank you for this life. I thank you for every blessing that you've poured upon my life. You don't begin to recount the hardship, the trial, the, the, the anguish. You don't speak those things out and go, God, why? We spoke about this earlier uh, in the beginning of the series. God never explained to Moses why, why the bush didn't burn. He, he never explains to us why somebody is sick. When, when, the, when the disciples said to Jesus about the man that was sick, why, why is he sick? Jesus never explained why he was sick. Jesus said, just said why he healed him. He just said why he healed him. I wanted to heal him because, because I wanted to reveal my glory. He didn't say why. We're always trying to get the why. Why is the problem? God's going, who gives a rip about the problem? I want to give you the answer. The problem's got nothing to do with me. The problem's got to do with darkness. It's got to do with curse. It's got to do with troubles. It's got to do with bad attitudes. Let's, let's just not go there. Let's go where the truth is. Let's get into the place where the seed is being sown. How do I get faith out of my heart? How do I get the treasure of good things out of my heart? This is how I do it. I go back to God and I go every day, Jesus, I thank you for my life. I thank you for what you've sown within me. I worship him. You get the worship songs. I go out for a walk and I put on the worship songs and I'll, I'll worship Jesus and I'll, I'll get just a little bit lost in praise and worship and sometimes I meet someone, it's a little bit awkward <laughs> And, uh, so, and then you just begin so you can sow within your heart good seed, good attitude, good faith. You're speaking out good things and what you're doing, you're placing value on the precious things and you're sowing them into your heart. When time comes for faith, you'll have it within your heart because you've put time into sowing it there in the first place. You can't draw from your heart what you haven't put in it. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.